What's up, Pixels? Thank you so much for joining us on this very ambiguous day. This is John. And I'm Aubrey. And we love video games and movies more than Notch likes his apples. And we are on episode eight of the Faded Pixels podcast. Eight's a good number. It's all symmetrical and things, and it kind of looks like the infinity sign. So I'm a fan. Yeah, slightly if you tilt it sideways, right? Yeah. Only slightly. <laughs> Only slightly if you squint. If you, <laughs> I bet in Wingdings they replaced the eight with an infinity sign. Somebody out there probably knows for, for sure, or can just type it in their Word document. But I would say if they when haven't you, done that, it's a missed opportunity. When you said squint, I was thinking of that. Uh, have you ever seen Daddy Daycare? Yes. Oh my word. When he tries to describe abstract to his son. Oh no. When you squint. <laughs> When you squint a little, that's what abstract is. <laughs> so how's your week been? Uh, My week's been pretty intense. The wife and I are preparing to go to Toronto Thursday, two days from today. Today's May 2nd, our recording day. So when we record next week, we will be just getting back, I think. So just a lot of prep and... Oh, yeah. I decided to randomly take on, I think, two or three new clients, all while scrambling to figure (laughs) out how I'm going to cram in what I'm currently trying to get done ahead of time. And it's been been intense, but I mean, it's a healthy... Well, I don't want... Maybe not healthy, but it's been a good, intense. Long term, it'll be good. It'll be good when you rest in Toronto. Yes. What about your week? Uh, it's been, it's been pretty good. I went to a live event for Creative Pep Talk on Friday, which was amazing. Saw a lot of cool people, met a lot of cool people. And I mean, I've been listening to that show for about a year and a half, maybe two years. Mm -hmm. So it was really awesome for me to meet up with other graphic designers, illustrators, artists. That's pretty cool. It was a really fun experience. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you want to go into upcoming releases? Yes. It's going to be a pretty awesome week coming up as far as like music and there's a couple of good movies coming out and there are a few. One game that I know of that's coming out that week. Yeah, there's it's kind of it's kind of game a hit and miss. desert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's run through movies first. So on May 10th, we have a movie coming out called Manifesto, and it's exactly how it sounds. It's one of those movies that is starring one actor playing all the roles, and she's going through the story, and it's like a very up or a a very high budget film with one actress. It's actually actress um, Mm. telling the story throughout different characters. That actually sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah. I'm interested to see that. Yeah. And then we have May 12th, The Wall. We have Hounds of Love, Snatched, and then the one movie I'm looking forward to out of the batch, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Is the King Arthur movie, is that live action? Yes. Oh. Do you not know about this movie? No. Oh. So it is directed by Guy Ritchie, who did, for perspective, for those who don't know, 
who did the movies um sherlock holmes oh um, oh with robert downey jr he did he did the second sherlock holmes movie i'm assuming <laughs> yes he did snatched with uh brad pitt and then uh guy Ritchie also did swept away with madonna which meh. um he also did <laughs> suspect revolver the man from uncle uncle he's kind of like he's a he's a very unique director mm-hmm. so anyways king arthur legend of the sword it looks so awesome <laughs> i don't really that know. actually does look good okay I'm okay. so you did look i have up. as soon as i as soon as i looked at the artwork i was starting to remember the trailers i've seen of it yeah and if you look through the trailer he really experiments with that filming uh, method if you remember from sherlock holmes 2 where they're running through the woods yes he does quite a bit of that in at least in the trailers for this movie and if he's going to pursue that method with you know typical guy Ritchie styles i mean i'm just excited it's gonna be dope let's move on to music so we have quite a few bigger name ones that are coming out bob or bob coming out with a album called either yep same one that did airplanes with paramore i still really like that song that's almost 10 years old now probably actually yeah yeah (laughs) anyways anyways we have next danzig coming out with black laden crown then we have dream car coming out with a self-titled album that one is kind of like i don't want to say a super band but if you heard of afi and their lead singer davy havoc he's going to be leading it and then a band called no doubts tom dumont tony Canal, and adrian young those four artists are going to be coming together with the album dream car then we have... Oh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah. Then we have Harry Styles coming out with his self-titled album. Then we have, speaking of Bob and Airplanes and all that stuff, we have Paramore coming out with a new album. I am so excited for that. Have you listened to the new single? Not yet. Ah, oh, John, it's so good. I one-repeated it for a very long time. I probably could today if I wanted to. It's just yeah that good it, it's kind of like it has these cali 80 vibe 80s vibes a little bit it's a little bit genre breaking for some of their past stuff maybe not considering their past self-titled album because that album just had like so many different genres yeah i mean there was a gospel section in one of theirs but i i'm kind of hoping for either a very high mix of genres like their self-titled album or something that's just similar to their newest release games games we have on may 9th nba playgrounds for the switch birthdays the beginning for ps4 whatever that is we have human fall flat coming out for ps4 as well and then on May 10th, we have Lethal League coming out on Xbox One. On May 11th, we have Elliot Quest coming out on the 3DS for reasons I'm not sure why. <laughs> and then on May 11th as well, we have Minecraft Switch Edition coming out on the Switch. Whoa. I know, right? 
as opposed to the 2ds yeah (laughs) for reasons we'll never know why yep and then on may 12th we have human fall flat coming out on xbox one as well as elliot quest coming out on xbox one nice it's funny that a game about birthdays or that has a birthday in the title is coming out on may 9th because that's my dad's birthday oh my gosh dad if you're listening happy birthday hope you're having a swell day happy birthday I'm sure he's very appreciative right now. <laughs> Hello, sir, whom I've never met. <laughs> yeah. My name is John. As far John. as you know, he... <laughs> Happy birthday. Maybe he's just a figment of my imagination. You don't even know. What is a dad? He's not on Facebook. What is dad? Dad, what is you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we need to do this day in gaming history, or this week. Yes. This week in video game history, Uncharted A Thief's End was released for PS4 on May 10th, 2016. So it's all it's its first year anniversary of the fourth title of the Uncharted series. It's the first and only so far PS4 title for the game. And it's the first game that wasn't developed fully under the original director and creator of the games. Huh. And it did pretty well. It did. I still have to play it. I'm only, I'm at the very end of the second game. At first, I was, I I mean, I didn't really know much about the series. I just saw that it was just like this random white guy wearing like 2000s clothing. And I was like, uh, he seems like he's just going to be annoying. <laughs> and he is annoying in the first game. But then it turns out he's actually really cool. And you see the female character, and you're like, oh, she's probably going to be, you know, there's probably going to be some sort of escort mission where she sucks and she dies a lot. But she's actually really helpful. Huh. So. That's rare. Good on you, Naughty Dog. You surprised me. (laughs) I mean, they don't do bad on games. Yeah. So, top notch. It turns out I I played the first game, and I'm not, I kind of only recently started playing shooters of any kind. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was one of my first ones that oh, I nice. played all the way through. Man, thank you. Yeah. But it also meant that I was very afraid of everything. And even on easy mode, I would die a lot. <laughs> and I think I spent uh, almost 70% of the game in cover. Just like waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so what should be like a 10 hour campaign was maybe like 15 hours for me. Because I was just <laughs> so freaked out. But I'm doing much better now, everyone. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. worry. Good job. So, Thank you. how do you feel? Um, I think it's weird. It does feel weird that's already been a year, but they're yeah, already announcing a new spinoff game. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. So that game features Chloe from the second Uncharted game, okay. and I think another female protagonist. I already forget who she is, but I'm not sure if we've seen her yet, because I'm trying not to spoil myself on the third and fourth game. Mm-hmm. Okay. As much as possible. That makes sense. So that means I definitely need to find it on cheap on Amazon somewhere and finally beat it. There's so many on my list that I have. I still have yet to beat Tomb Raider, the game that I started on my gameplay channel, one of them, and also Horizon Zero Dawn. Both games that I started on my gameplay channel. You got it. I'll get there. You can do it. So, Foster the People. Yes. Came out the. They dropped a EP. Um, so that kind of weird. They dropped an EP 
a few days ago of this recording and it's very surprising with what they've kind of cranked out on the album as far as developing their sound throughout from album to album bring me the horizon for those who listen to metal they developed drastically from album to album to album and these guys followed suit and probably not as dramatically Mm. but definitely different still so um and again i can't really describe how these genres sound as far as development goes because i mean foster the people have always had a very pop developed synth sound from album to album right on their very first album that was released under the label columbia being a major label was made out of a bunch of songs that they had to make for this album so basically columbia said yo bro i see what you're doing and i really appreciate it and i want to push you out there into the radio we need a bunch of songs and they're like cool man i can do that i can write seven songs but can i also take three songs from our very first ep called creatively enough foster the people ep or ep by foster the people depending on how you want to look at it those songs were houdini pumped up kicks and helena beat and i think they had one other ep before that that was just self-made just to kind of get the name around while they were you know trying to do tours and whatnot Mm -hmm. so they They do see a single from 2011 called ruby that's between supermodel and torches Mm. it's interesting though quick detour yeah color wise so we see torches and we see their sophomore album supermodel both use like a very specific similar font and like this in this golden color but then with ruby we see the first time they use red in the designs and it's kind of you know it's very like minimalistic but you don't and you see the red maybe in other places like uh their 2014 best friend Mm. but you still have like the gold type that you see in supermodel but then with this new ep you see the type treated completely differently from everything else instead of being a sans serif very strong concrete looking name you see something that looks very messy and almost hand-drawn and minimal and you just see this bold red so i think it's interesting that you can almost tell that this is supposed to be a different sound because of the drastic graphic change yeah and there's actually a little bit of controversy behind the album cover for the cp oh really yeah and i'll get to that in a second yeah please do anyways you can tell that torches was definitely a really huge compilation of that of what could be considered a lot of radio hits and it's actually true if you look at their releases Mm -hmm. five of those out of 10 are singles that were released on the radio Mm -hmm. which is really interesting so whatever that they were trying to do they succeeded If you're interested, the genre that's considered for this album is indie pop, alternative dance, neo-psychedelia, and psychedelic pop. Half of those I've never even heard of as genres. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's awesome. So you can see that they were like kind of scrambling around to get Columbia what they wanted. But come 2014, 
they release an album called Supermodel, which is actually very unique. They were going for a concept album, going through mm-hmm. common and very heavy themes of what it means to be under the spotlight, under pop culture, under ideology. They say that the album kind of almost goes under the dark side of capitalism as well. Mm-hmm. Which, if you listen to the very first song, Are You What You Want to Be? And actually, also now that I think about it, Ask Yourself, that almost like slaps you in the face of what the whole album is about. So it's kind of different that they go from a bunch of mishmash of hit singles into a very conceptual album that was very intentional. It's kind of weird, too, because that album wasn't really... It was well-received, but it was a very average album. And they did a lot of promotion, too, for it as well, which is kind of unusual. If you look at their popular list on Spotify, you can see that everything that's up here is Torches, is from Torches. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really weird. I mean, they did a ton of promotion for the second album, and it just didn't do as well as they hoped. I mean, Rolling Stone gave it a 2 out of 5. The Guardian gave it 2 out of 5. Spin, if you know who Spin is, they gave it a 5 out of 10. And Metacritic whom you and I both love. (laughs) Know and cherish for for a source. (laughs) Uh, They gave it a 58 out of 100. Mm. Really intense. So not passing. Yeah, all this, all not good. Yeah, and there are some that give it all decent rating. I mean, um, Uncut, if you follow them, which I don't know if you do, I don't. They give it an 8 out of 10. The AV Club gives it a B. I mean, it's just an average album. Um, and like I said before, not sound like pun again, a broken record. They did a ton of promotion. They did a teaser trailer for it on YouTube on New Year's Day. They um, then formally revealed it uh, 12 days later. They even did a huge mural of it in Los Angeles, the album cover. Wow. Huge. And then they played a concert in front of it. And they did a ton of um, music videos for it. Beginner's Guide to Destroying the Moon was one. Pseudologica Fantastica? Yeah, that one. Coming of Age, I know for sure. I mean, they did a lot of promotion for it, and it just didn't do well. On the flip side, though, the initial commercial response still did pretty well. When it was released, it debuted at number three on the top two, on the Billboard 200. Right. And in the first week, it sold 54,000. But when you read those stats, I kind of just think of it as more of like a hype issue. Kind of like going back to the last episode, Star Wars with The Force Awakens. Right. That was a huge hype predicament. Yeah. I One thing that I was thinking of with this album in comparison to another recent release, Ed Sheeran's Divide, which Pitchfork just completely destroyed. I think it's interesting when artists kind of talk about the pressures of being famous. And I wonder if maybe that musical almost trope just doesn't connect as well with people if not done right. Mm. If if that maybe... Because I always enjoy albums that have a lot of intentionality into how they're crafted, into Mm -hmm. telling a concise story. I almost always listen to albums in exact order for that reason, because usually that's the case. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, it makes me sad that something that they spent so much time trying to create a unique experience and to kind of come into their own as a band as opposed to just a band that just makes singles, but a band that makes artistic messages. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad to see something like that not do as well, but at the same time, thinking about Pitchfork's review of Divide and seeing that common theme, and I wonder I wonder if there are artists who are able to portray that message in a relatable way. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't... I don't know. I would love to to look into that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Once the artist gets famous, then they you automatically have a divide with the common people. Yeah, I don't know what the story was or the intentionality it was behind this album, but I mean, there's just something going on. I definitely believe in the sophomore syndrome. Yes. Either that the sophomore album is going to make it or it's going to break it and then there's never like a I mean, this album was eh, all right, but I mean, as you said, their first album is still the most popular stuff to listen to on Spotify, as far as statistics are concerned. (laughs) If you even hit (laughs) show five more songs on that popular list on Spotify, and it shows the top 10, guess what starts showing up on number seven? the stuff from three yes (laughs) yeah and then there's only one song from the second album that shows up number nine it's called best friend and then after that it's immediately back to their first album if i remember that song correctly doesn't that sound a lot like their stuff from torches anyway maybe i don't i don't remember off the top of my head i don't know faster the people (laughs) i'm sorry that i can't remember your stuff right now I love their first album like no other. I want to get their second one on vinyl, but I'm kind of like, eh, maybe when I just have a week where I'm like, I don't have an agenda for my vinyls. I've been on like a very structured, like, I'm going to get these things next, next, next. Right. Um, and Foster the People's first album was like way at the top. And the minute I saw it on sale at a record store in Florida, I was like, I didn't even consider how much money I had left in my allowance for that trip. I was like, right. fine it doesn't matter that's that was my soundtrack of 2011 during college yeah we all have those special albums i think yeah i definitely have a few so moving on to three so this was released on april 27th 2017 aubrey you and i both were told about it through a mutual friend usually the mutual friend that i always refer to from our podcast right aaron sup hey um I don't remember what day she actually sent it to us. But anyways, the background behind this album. So in 2016, Foster the People started to perform some of these new songs at a festival. It was Pay the Man, a song called Lotus Eater, which actually doesn't show up on this EP. And then another song called Doing It for the Money, which is the second track on this EP. And they announced that they would be coming out with a third studio album from that festival. Now, on April 5th, the band announced a headlining tour in support of that album. So, April 5th, they're like, hey guys, so when this album drops in the summer, boom, we're going to do a tour for it. Now, the band actually released three brand new songs on April 27th, as I said, called Pay the Man, Doing It for the Money, and SHC. And they released it on the EP called 
three. Um, the tracks would also be featured as a th- um, will also be featured in their third studio album. So this is kind of like a teaser EP. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a little bit of like a little quick tangent, but still related. They actually produced, or sorry, they collaborated with One Republic. Um, oh wow! With they also the band collaborated with One Republic's frontman Ryan tetter oh okay um I'm the song for that. doing it for the money so kind of cool uh if i remember right i can kind of thinking about it now i can kind of hear it but um I, yeah i mean i didn't know that lord was in uh bleacher's new song for the longest time oh really don't take the money so oh I was just thinking about how those song titles are kind of adverse to one another, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I listened to it. You said you didn't listen to it. No, I haven't. It's it's pretty good. It's definitely it's really weird. You're talking about their art style, and I can almost visualize what they were going for by looking at the album and listening to the songs. Like it just meshes really well, right? So. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting how they have their albums really well associated and intentionalized with the set songs in those albums. Like mm-hmm. um Torches is just very like go get 'em single heavy and you can kind of see that through the yellow that's reflected out of the album and then the second album Supermodel is very like mystical, very mystifying, very like edgy but downish through the color schemes and then this one's just very like i don't want to say underground but you can kind of feel like a really edge um indie pop still psychedelic from their usual sound but just that edge that kind of comes out of it you know yeah this seems a little more paramore than paramore (laughs) yeah i guess so (laughs) At least the album cover. I I did listen to the first twenty seconds of Pay the Man, so it does not to me sound like old Paramore, but Yeah. The first album cover or the album cover on here kinda looks reminds me of Riot a little bit. Hmm. So let's talk about this controversy that's coming up. Oh yes. Um, so if you look at Foster the People's album cover, you'll notice very blatantly that it's a black background the fonts red and very flowish almost like i don't want to say bloody but that's kind of a good way of putting it in my mind and that's like it right right which could be because it's the ep and not the full album but that's actually but what you just stated is actually not my point because what my point is is that when you type in on google every time i die what's the first thing that comes up Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, Every Time I Die came out with an album called Low Teens. Now, to describe to you the album cover, it's a black background, a very flowish, a little bit more flame type of Yeah, font. I would say flame feel with, like, you see a little bit of the brush texture. Yeah, but it still has, like, a red flowy font to it. A little bit more wild, but not 
but still has like a fluid sense to it. So <laughs> every time I die is calling out foster the people for similar cover art. And now it didn't really, I don't want to, I guess I didn't mean to say like controversy, but there's definitely some edge to it. And I'm kind of curious where this is going to go in the news. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm still curious to see like how this is going to change foster the people's intentionality with the album cover when the full album drops in the summertime because of this I mean, fallout. Right. I wonder how influential foster the people are when it comes to this decision because as a graphic designer my gut reaction says that it's more about the designer who made the album (laughs) the cover versus foster the people knowing about it unless i mean i don't really know about every time i die yeah they're they're not very they're not definitely not as well known as foster the people on a public or on a pop scale i mean every time i die is a alternative rock band under the labels of the same popular heavy bands as devil wears prada bring me the horizon like they're metal and they're under the alternative scene if you will postcard core metal core hardcore punk anything core in it <laughs> while foster the people is just pop indie rock and I guess I could right. now that we discussed that on this podcast, but they're, they're not in the same, I don't want to say they're not on the same level because they are in their own respectful genres. But as far as the public knows, the overall pop scene knows it's different. Right. I mean, if we want to go into the nitty gritty of how these are different, every time I die has a almost completely black background. But Foster the People uses probably a 90% gray. <laughs> yeah, a little more faded. Huge difference. And there's, again, there's the texture. Yeah. I do wonder, because there's also this interesting, I mean, we've seen it with the Tokyo, the original Tokyo 2020 Games logo, where you wonder how much of it is that odd circumstance where the artist happens to make something that looks almost like a dead ringer of something else Mm -hmm. so i just yeah it's very interesting it always makes me sad because i want to i want to give them the benefit of the doubt i want to give the artist the benefit of the doubt but i've never met people who have stolen art and claimed it as their own or took such heavy influences that weren't meant to be parody or obvious callback so I always want to believe in them. But when you see those side by side, man, even the E treatment is. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. See, this is where I get to nerd out. No, for real. Every time I die, their Twitter account's really funny. <laughs> they do the emoji where the, like, the hand is on the chin and he looks very inquisitive. Mm. And it just shows a link to foster the people's tweet about their album release. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. So this will be really interesting to see how um, it all develops, for sure. How it all unfolds. Yeah. Same situation happened with Bring Me the Horizon's Sempaternal album and Coldplay's A Head Full of Dreams album, where the, um, what do you call it? The Eternal Flower, I think it's called. Yeah, the Eternal Flower of Life. Uh, oh, yeah. I can kind of see that. It's just different enough to be okay. Yeah, it's just kind of annoying when you look at that and you're like, that is so mine. Yeah. With all that being said, what are you currently listening to? 
Most recently, I've been noticing how much I've been really oddly connected to Discover Weekly and wondering if the artists from Spotify have been stalking me a little bit. <laughs> so you're just running through a the playlist bit. they've been making you? Yeah, well, the, the one from last week, um, it had a lot of Cali rock vibes after I, I've come back from Coachella. Yes. Which was good. I love California rock. It's just something about it. And I mean, I was listening to that stuff. So that the algorithm makes sense. But the first song in my Discover Weekly playlist that came out this Monday was oddly describing my life currently, mm. which is basically it's called Something More <laughs> and by Ralph, who is a female singer and doesn't really have yeah. that much. She's kind of indie, according mm-hmm. to... I don't even know if she's with the label. She's one of those artists where the about page just shows the monthly listeners, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But it talks about basically moving on to the next chapter of your life. And hmm. I was yeah. I was a little creeped out, but I also really enjoyed it. So <laughs> also Magic Man did a collaborative song with the Knox, which I've never heard hmm. of the Knox, but I really love Magic Man. Magic Man's really interesting. I either am in the complete mood for it. Right. Or I just listen to them like, nope, not right now. Nope. It's not a good time, guys. That's a good listen that you got going on, though. I mean, I love Discover Weekly as far as like making sure I'm always keeping on the up with new stuff and making sure I'm not missing anything. I've also been listening to the piano version of the Undertale soundtrack. Nice. I am 8-Bit has that on vinyl. So what have you been listening to this week? I have been listening to Bear's Den. Oh, their yes. Their album Islands. Their album Islands. I have that vinyl on spin almost 24-7, it feels like. I'll probably put it on when I'm done here. Above the Clouds of Pompeii is absolutely phenomenal. That's just a solid album all around. Yeah, I'm so glad. I, I don't know why I didn't buy that on vinyl sooner. I was just telling that to my wife earlier today. So I, I've been listening to a mixture of a playlist I recently made for my wife and I. I just made it because one evening I felt inspired to make one. It's like a compilation of seven songs. And it's literally just titled Above the Clouds of Pompeii. Mm. So you have um, Bear Stand on there. Yes. I have Finish Ticket on there with their song Catch You on My Way Out. Um, Bring Me the Horizon, their song Oh No. Um, the Colorists with the song Stray Away. Coconut Records with the song West Coast. Have you heard of that band? No. There's so many, John, that I'm probably... I'm Again, you, I am a greenhorn. You need to listen to that. Do you know Jason Schwartzman? Is he a famous guy or a person we know? Famous guy famous guy schwartzman so he was the drummer for phantom planet oh he was the voice actor for ash on uh fantastic mr fox i thought you were about to say ash on pokemon and i was really about to flip my lid no and he was the evil axe number seven for scott pilgrim versus the world oh so his most famous role Yes. <laughs> well, in my opinion, he's his most famous role is Ash of from course. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh yeah. But that's his album or his band, and he's the lead that's singer, great. and that song is so freaking good. 
Um, then I also have Waking Up the Giants by Gris Folk on there, and then Survival by Young Blood Hawk. Those are good bands. I feel like though I listened to those a while back, like a little bit more in 2015, maybe. Yeah. But I should return. Maybe they'll uh, welcome me, welcome me back. Yeah. So other than that playlist, I am listening to. I'm listening to Foster the People 3 EP. Duh. I've been listening to Colliding by Design by the band Acceptance. Oh, that's awesome. Um, then I'm listening to Knox Hamilton's album The Heights, which I'm pointing at all of you guys who are listening. <laughs> you guys need to listen to this album. Right now. That's your homework for this week. Turn this podcast off. Listen to it. Aubrey, listen to this. Will do. So other than that, though, I've been kind of revisiting a couple of older things. Reliant K's Air for Free isn't old, but it's kind of, it's here. It's established. It is an album. So I've been listening to it. And other than that, I mean, just passively listen through some brand new stuff. The band brand new, some other stuff. Mm. I feel like lately... I there was like a while where I felt very pressured to listen to everything that was going to be happening but now I'm like oh man there's all this good stuff that's coming out I I for example didn't realize how soon Paramore's new album is going to come out and I'm yeah just... that kind of hit so hard and then oh wonder's been releasing new music and I've been listening to them um since tw- one of my friends showed me them in 2015 right mm-hmm. after their first album was completed and they've been slowly releasing singles for their next album ultra life and ultra life the single is very much just poppy and upbeat and then there's been um i think they just released my friends which seemed a little bit down and i was mm-hmm. like i'm not into that right now i'll come back to you later <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like my approach some i think that's what it, what it is is that there's a lot of stuff that's coming out right now unless it's a very specific type of poppy um something with a heavy beat and usually repeated lyrics i'm kind of like oh i'll come back to you later (laughs) yeah there's a very limited way i experience music either through because i'm designing something or because i'm paying attention to that and or driving yeah mostly driving oh man oh heim released their new their newest single and it's the first new piece of music outside of collaborations and or stuff for films since mm-hmm. 2014 my mind is blown my mind <laughs> nice. is blown it's so good <laughs> yeah especially since the music video is them in the studio recording it oh cool well thanks everyone for listening to our episode today you can like us on facebook at facebook.com slash faded pixels team and join the community you can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash faded underscore pixels for updates. And please send us goat gifs if you haven't already. If you have comments or suggestions, you can email us at fadedpixelsteam at gmail.com. And if you like the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash fadedpixels and get exclusive content and extras. You can also show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Bye.